Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. We are rolling. Welcome to the come up. <laughs> we got I'm John glad. Santiago on the show today, baby. <laughs> yes. Damn, I'm glad to be one of the first people on here because I know this is going to scale. Cole, and I know you're going to have something special going on here because look at it. You're investing so much time into this, dude. I was just like, we were talking. It's crazy. Yeah. You found something, you know? What I love about it already is that I am, like, I have a lot of energy that I want to put into something, but it does feel hard at times, like, what deciding what to put that into because I, I don't enjoy, it's not, like, fun for me just to put it into anything. Like, yeah. I have to enjoy it. Um, for, for, I don't know, for it to, I guess, satisfy me to burn that energy. And this is giving me, especially right now, like something to put all that energy towards and I can work on it myself. Like with acting, I, I kind of struggle with coming from sports. Like there's definitely things I could do on my own and I probably should be doing more of those things. What, but, wait, what do you mean by like on your own? Like at home. Like, uh, you're talking about like working? Yeah, like, like say training or like doing drills like by yourself or literally just working out like a workout at home by yourself. Oh, okay. Like there's things I can do that I know of, but I, I think just because I am newer at that, I still want someone there to be telling me like if I'm doing it right or wrong. Like I don't want to be practicing Mentor. bad habits and things. Yeah. So. I don't feel like can satisfy. I guess that that feeling of working on something by myself, completely alone, as like you could sports. Like, obviously, as like football or something, you need someone to throw to you. But you could do like footwork training, but completely by yourself, mm -hmm. or you know, just stabilizing prehab shit, or mm -hmm. you know, just literally working out. Um, so that is kind of getting directed into this, especially now, fucking COVID, uh, all the gyms in LA being closed. I can't even go to the gym. Like, gyms just opened up here in minnesota did they yeah like last saturday i got my f i got my first workout back in the gym last saturday last saturday yeah. they're not closed again right now no they're like at 25 percent capacity okay. or something like that so I, I don't know it switches all the time but it is limited but um yeah it just opened up we we're shut down for four weeks since november something yeah november 20th it was like right before my birthday but yeah i and to be honest with you i didn't train shit <laughs> it's I, hard i did like a little yoga in here with geeks but like i didn't do anything it's it's hard at home because i've been doing home workouts but it, again it's just not obviously the same type of workout it's it not. doesn't feel it, i think i should definitely once gyms do open up maybe incorporate that type of shit body weight workouts into what i'm doing more but i miss weight like i miss it's different yeah i miss like you said benching hard. inclining even squatting i miss um, just having a fucking bar. I haven't been to a gym. I haven't stepped foot in a gym, and I think since m March. Damn, like yeah, it's been like eight hard. or nine months. I didn't know it was closed out there like that. In yeah, LA. they have not. I thought opened they opened up. up a little bit. Nothing? I think because they opened up for a little bit restaurants and everything at one point, and I think gyms might have have opened at that point, but it was really short. Oh, yeah. So from the beginning, since March, they were closed. 
I ended up coming home for a little bit, as you know, mm-hmm. and was here till I think I went back in the beginning of June or something like that. And then sometime in there, everything sort of opened up again from like pressure by the people wanting things to be open. And then as things got soon after that spiked again, they closed indoor restaurants again. Uh, I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> <laughs> little dinosaur noise. Like. <laughs> yeah, little throat burp. Uh, <laughs> but they never, yeah, gyms, gyms have been closed since. There are some that have outdoor space. Oh, yeah. That, you're in LA. Yeah, that can still do it. And you'll see a lot of, like, living downtown, there is a gym literally on the corner. But they're doing, like, hit workouts on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Which isn't what CrossFit I'm trying to do. stuff and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's, I'll even see workout groups in the, just in a random parking lot. Mm-hmm. I think like there's an F45 at the bottom of my building. And I think those trainers, and there's like an Orange Theory, literally the building across the street. I think those trainers do classes in this little park area, but it's like, uh, what is the, the rowing machines? Yeah. So they're not exactly either what I'm trying to do. And it's more than I want to pay. Can it like, can like, so like you know gyms that are like garage type gyms mm-hmm. with like big garage doors and stuff mm-hmm. can you are those still open out there or is it kind of just like see that's what i'm not sure about there's there's probably gyms i can go to that i'm just not aware of because i think the one that that does the sidewalk workouts they kind of have that type of deal where I, they have a big garage door in the front um yeah. honestly the this gym that i'm talking about has one of the big kobe and gg murals on it that you've probably seen on on twitter mm. Um, but they have, yeah, they have like a big garage door that I think is their front. So I can see in there, like they have turf area. It's kind of like the lab. Oh yeah. At least from what I can see inside with just, I guess, having turf and that type of uh, environment to work out in. But I don't know if you can even be in there. Cause yeah, all their workouts I see are, are right out on the sidewalk and the sidewalks are dirty as fuck. So yeah, fuck that's, that. that's something I don't want to be doing either, but there's because i was doing 24 fitness that was my mm-hmm. gym out there it's like a mega franchise gym it's like, like hundreds a, of locations out there oh okay um kind of like snap over here or something yeah 20, oh, what does it call it anytime anytime yeah because anytime are they're like big big box gyms right anytime are like yeah they're snap like, is kind of smaller anytime i mean you can see any times that are really small and then you can see big, something huge, big yeah anytime so it's like yeah, I, I kind of know what you mean. Yeah, because there, there were big box gyms, but there was just so many of them. And honestly, those ones kind of were dirty because I went to Experience here. Mm-hmm. And right before I left, they had the brand new ones. So they were really fucking nice. And then going there, the 24s are nice, but there's just a lot of people in California, especially LA. So every location, there was a lot of people that would go there. And they just kind of always felt dirty. So then adding COVID to that, like... When it was open briefly, I didn't go. Yeah, I had, I ended the membership when the pandemic happened, and it was clear things weren't going to be opened up for a while. And yeah, it was. I think it was less than a month that they were even open. Mm-hmm. But I, I ended the membership and already feeling kind of dirty there. I didn't want to be there. But there are some yeah with outdoor locations that or outdoor space that when I've looked it up, they say they're open now, but. I don't think any of those are downtown and literally the one that's on the corner there is like 45 dollars a week oh yeah screw that it wasn't yeah fuck that 24 <laughs> fuck was that. 50 a month 
but yeah the other one which was still a lot more than experience here but yeah yeah that one was like 45 dollars a week or 35 dollars a week i was like yeah i'm not doing that right now that was like with me i mean when uh when shit got shut down in march or whatever when we came back i was trying as much like to stay in shape and shit Mm -hmm. like going to the lab trying to find some other trainers around minneapolis area to just kind of stay in shape for because you didn't i didn't know what was going to happen i thought we were going to come back but yeah i i was grateful that i found the lab and i was working out there i loved it there for a yeah. while there you like the trainer there right yeah 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 he's he's an awesome guy man he's he i i mean he's the thing i like about him is he's personal you know he likes to get to know you as a person rather than just kind of come in train yeah. shit like that then kick you out the door yeah no he was there and he he would grind for me too like he woke up do one-on-one session with me at like 5 a.m before oh, wow. he he went and worked another job too wow. so yeah what's his I'm, name oh shit man what's his name i'm i'm about to look him yeah, up yeah look it up so we can give him a little shout out i here. literally give just him the props I don't know. I literally just talked to him. Cause he's st- is he still giving you programs? He'll give me like home pro Antoine. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, Antoine. Yeah, <laughs> Coach Antoine Walker. Um, Antoine Walker. Doing thank a great you, job, Antoine. Man. Thank you so much, man. He's a great trainer out in the in the Blaine area. If anybody's trying to go train around here, St. Francis guys, Coon Rapids guys, No County guys. He's the go-to guy around here. Um, um, North North Minneapolis. Suburbs. He knows his shit. Yeah. So he trains out of this place called the Lab Athletic over. It's like Ham Lake, East Bethel mm-hmm. area. Nice little gym. Um, perfect for like athletes, athletes and like uh, functional fitness, not just like kind of get in the gym and, you know, push weight around type stuff like functional fitness. There's a little turf in there. There's basketball courts. It's really an emphasis on basketball and stuff. As mm-hmm. I mean, as you know, mm-hmm. but um, and football too. I mean, it's got it's got turf in there. It's got uh, batting cages, and I mean, even if you do like to just push weights and stuff like that, they they got like that two floors of that. Yeah, they were doing a lot of work since I was in there last. Mm-hmm. I know that I know because I talked to Chad, um, and just about plans he had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't probably seen exactly what it is, what it, where it's at now, but he was going to do a lot and it sounded really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, Antoine, like I said, Antoine knows his stuff and, um, he puts a lot into it, puts a lot of effort into like trying to find a perfect program for you. So, um, yeah, but like I was saying, it got expensive though. Not going to lie. Cause you were doing, um, one-on-ones with yeah him i was doing time, one-on-ones right? with him i mean i mean anybody you get one-on-ones with it's going to be expensive so yeah. like um i was racking up a bill and it kind of <laughs> sucked so i just kind of i mean i i told antoine and i told him my situation and stuff and um i gotta find another avenue right now and just kind of think about f- my financial situation kind of have my own thing i mean and i mean i've worked out so much in my days mm-hmm. that and trained so much that like i know what to do mm-hmm. it's just it's it's nice to have somebody there with you because you know it's fucking hard training yeah. by yourself they'll push little, you yeah exactly uh you need somebody to push you sometimes and Antoine was really good at that so that's why i mean i kept with him but then when that bill started racking up man i i had to go do stuff on my own and yeah. um and that's when you would just get the programs from him? Yeah, so right. he, he'd send me, like, just, like, home programs and stuff. Um, 
that I could just do at home. Or, I mean, I got a gym here in my apartment complex yeah. that I can use. That's super nice. And that's open now, right? Yeah, now it is. It was closed for, like, the past four weeks, like I said. But, yeah, yeah, it, it's got everything in there that I can do. And he he sent me a good um, resume for that and took off with it. So, that's what I've been doing. Is uh, the XFL, or are, the, are, the, are your coaches reaching out and like giving you guys programs they're not giving you programs or, or things to be working on nothing man the xfl is it's dead right now it's it doesn't exist right it doesn't now. exist it's even though the like rock a, came in yeah i mean it exists but like it's just kind of pencil on some paper right now because yeah, it's just a legal entity basically exactly it's just got bought out by the the rock and I, I mean he's probably doing stuff to get his staff in place but Right now, I mean, I haven't heard anything from that. Nothing. He hasn't hired anybody. Um, it's kind of just him and uh, Garcia right now. Who's Garcia? That's his partner. His business partner? Mm-hmm. That, I think it's his ex-wife or something. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think I might have read that too because his whole investor group, I think, was... I think his ex-wife... Don't don't <laughs> believe me on this, but I think his ex-wife might be like his manager or something still, mm-hmm. even though they're not together. They still work together. Yeah. And... um yeah so when march hit everybody got fired like it went bankrupt so like they sell it to the bank bank takes it and it's like that entity and then and went for sale in july and then the rock bought it but the thing is he didn't buy everybody's like our contracts were still kind of they're just still there they're still fucked they never got paid out they never got anything like that but um but yeah i mean right now with that it's just kind of something up in the air you don't know what's gonna happen. Is the Rock gonna hire me again? Is the Rock gonna hire yeah. um, the same staff? Is the Rock gonna hire the same coaches? Like everything is gonna change. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's football, but it's all it's a business, and this is that business part of it that sucks. You know, you can't you can't just kind of oh yeah yeah my contract. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just gonna re up it. It's, it's up in the air. I'm assuming. I mean. I hope he just kind of re-ups everybody's contract because, I mean, we were doing really well mm-hmm. and sales were coming in, revenue was being made and in all aspects, even though, I mean, I was on Seattle, but in Seattle, I mean, we were kind of one of the worst teams, but um, we still made money. We brought yeah, so in- So your like, fan base was still legit. Yeah, we brought in like 40,000 fans a game and like CenturyLink was popping when we were playing. Yeah. So like- I came to a game, bro. <laughs> it, was, it was legit yeah was, was, i'd no. never obviously been there for seahawks but that was my first time being in seattle but it was fun yeah and it was cold weather they didn't give a fuck yeah <laughs> they right? didn't care at all yeah and that's seattle saying like when i moved to seattle i saw how like seattle fucking loves sports mm-hmm. and it's fucking awesome to see because we fit in there we went in there you see all of our posters all over the city and shit and like we're walking down the street because we live downtown mm-hmm. in like a big in like a hotel mm-hmm. and uh i mean xfl isn't a fucking the nfl so we didn't have like a million dollars to like have our own facilities and like shit like that and the nfl is not gonna let us use their facilities mm-hmm. we're like a competitor for them you know yeah. so we went we like practiced at this kind of community field type thing in the middle of seattle was it dirt or like a turf field no it was a turf field it was, turf it, field. It was nice feels it was mostly for like soccer games and like yeah. shit like that it it had a lot of stands like um high 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 rise stands yeah. and shit but um yeah we practiced there we'd take the train to freaking practice every day so we'd walk around downtown and stuff and like like 
the fans knew who we were. We were all Seattle Dragon stuff, and everybody like, oh, you you guys play for the Dragon stuff like that, and uh, it was cool to see. That's what I'm trying to get to is that Seattle freaking they love their sports out there. You liked being there? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it was rainy. I'm not gonna lie, it was rainy a lot. And we had to practice <laughs> in some rain a lot. But uh, Seattle is beautiful, man. That's the first time I was – I mean, second time I was out there. I played there once in college. But I'm not – I didn't get to see it, like, living there. And, yeah. like, 30 minutes from the mountains, you mm-hmm. see the water right there. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of hippies everywhere, but, like, and a lot of homeless everywhere. But it's a cool city, and there's a lot of culture behind that city. That's mm-hmm. what I really liked. And it's just a cool place to be in general. You got the fish market. We were like two blocks from the fish market. Yeah, so was we had a, what is that called? Pike's Place? Pike's Place, yeah. Pike's Place is, is dope. If you haven't been to Pike's Place, I highly recommend you go. Yeah. Because. Bunch of food to try too. And they got all the samples. And they'd be throwing fish at you and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think me and Kiki went down there and then um, the like those guys that kind of sit on this like big platform yeah with they're the fish yelling on the order. Yeah, yeah they're like yelling the orders and shit and then kiki and i were looking at the fish and kiki does, she hates seafood yeah <laughs> we go out and we like look at the octopus or something and they play games with you because yeah. we went and looked at octopus and you can they could tell that kiki didn't like the octopus or so, so like they had this little they have it's like a fake octopus it's not one that they serve mm-hmm. and they like move it so it like looks like it's alive <laughs> And I'm pretty, and Kiki got freaked the fuck out. <laughs> she thought it was alive. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think that he could control it because he's like way far back. Oh, has he, he got it like on a stick? Yeah, and he just made it move a little bit, and she freaked out. But that's funny. Um, but she yeah, screamed? yeah, I'm pretty sure she screamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I could tell She's when I was there. Give me shit. Like, I didn't scream or. Oh, that's all right. She yeah. probably won't even. Maybe she won't watch this. I don't. She'll probably watch. Because <laughs> you're on it, she yeah. Let's but hope so. I remember when we came to watch one of your games, and then me and Cat hung around for like a day or so. I I remember watching them fuck with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to not uh, make eye contact with those guys because like they're probably gonna throw something at me. I don't know what the fuck they're gonna they're do. Gonna throw a salmon at you yeah. while they're walking by. Yeah, I just look at them like hey, and turn look somewhere else. <laughs> don't open the door for that shit. But yeah, man, were you there? In the summer, did you get there when it was nice weather? No, so our season started in December of 20, 2020. What? No. 2019? 2019. Yeah, geez. 2019. Dece- uh, it was like December 3rd or something. I flew out there. And we had like OTAs and stuff. Just like workouts and like uh, getting to know the team. And uh, meeting with the coaches and stuff and learning the playbook. But um, we didn't start. We And then funny thing is we were there for december for like what was it like three weeks three or four weeks or something we're otas and we flew home and then um for christmas and then everybody flew to texas and we all had training camp in houston hmm. and that was something really unique to the xfl but it was really cool because like you had all the teams in one place and we all kind of practiced um separately but then we would have scrimmages and stuff. So, like, you know how the NFL has preseason? That was kind of mm-hmm. our, like, preseason. We, um, they were testing the league out. So, like, they had uh, the TV broadcasters come out and, like, they'd, they'd do those interviews on the sidelines and stuff. Like, you know, you've seen those interviews? Like mock interviews? No, like, they do. Yeah, like mock interviews mm-hmm. during our scrimmages and stuff. But, like, those interviews were, like, um, 
It's very XFL-like. You'll get done with a play or somebody will throw a pick. They'll go right up to the QB and be like, what were you thinking on that play? <laughs> what the fuck are you thinking? Like, and then, like, yeah, like, people will be salty, too. They come back to, to they come back to a sideline. You just throw a pick. You want to just kind of get your mind right and shit. And you got a, you got a reporter in your face. Hey, what what were you thinking you on that play? the fuck out of my face. <laughs> exactly. I had one of my teammates. I remember uh, it was the first game. One of my teammates, he's an old lineman. Um, we were doing, we were losing to the defenders. Mm-hmm. And it was against Cardale Jones. And Cardale was, he was going off. And um, we weren't doing so hot on offense. And a reporter went up to him and was like, so what do you have to do to get this game together? He's like, Oh, I don't know. We gotta get the fucking. We gotta get our fucking shit straight, man. Like you just started saying f bombs up to Wazio on national television. And it's like one of the yeah, it's live. It's totally live. So like he's saying all like swearing up a storm and stuff. And uh, this is like one of the first interviews and stuff of the league. <laughs> and this is just a perfect start to it. Yeah. But uh, it, it was stuff like that that was cool though about the XFL, you know. Like the NFL doesn't do it. It's, it's very professional and stuff like that. Did it's they, did rock they care solid. that he was cussing? Or? No, they didn't. Like, they didn't give a fuck. It was just like, it was cool. That's what they wanted. They wanted personality. That's mm-hmm. one of the first things they kind of said to us is like, this will kind of show um, personality of the players and show like the real side of players rather than just, you know, X's and O's going off there and yeah. banging heads. Well, they probably want yeah you guys to get a... Uh I mean, that makes sense business-wise to start getting memes and people retweeting and sharing yeah, people, videos. Yeah. I remember seeing that even in Seattle. I don't remember mm-hmm. what the video was, but there was a couple of viral videos of, I think, your guys' team on Twitter. Probably. We Our our, uh, our media coordinator, was he was a good guy, and he had a lot of tricks up his sleeve. We would do some funny shit with everything. But, but yeah, that's what they did want. They wanted... They wanted stuff like that. Yeah, just to give awareness. Exactly, and get and they did a good do- job. Like, um, they were doing a good job marketing. If you ever seen an XFL, like uh, their Twitter, mm-hmm. man, that was one of the best professional, like, per- professional leagues Twitter ever. Or like their Instagram. Yeah, he was doing a. Good, he was one of the best marketers like ever. I don't know what his name is, but shout out to him. Uh, he he did a good ass job just marketing the XFL and stuff. Just funny. Yeah, funny ass. Sh- if you go on there now, let's see if I can pull it up. Yeah. But if you go read on there read now, some of this stuff. it's like uh, so like when the league shut down. Um, did he keep going? That would be funny as fuck. It would. Yeah, <laughs> but like he ended it perfectly. It was like a um, ah, shit. You got to just see it. But like when the the league ended, and then he put like. Toby Maguire or something. They've added some stuff to it now, but like that'd be funny. This is what it, when it ended. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> <laughs> Just like leaving, and that was that was, that was the it. last of it. Yeah, that was it. I mean, that was the end of his freaking brain. Well, that's funny. But yeah, but like he did shit like that throughout the whole season, and like we went viral so many times. He went viral so many times. Mm-hmm. With so much different stuff, just from just being himself and stuff. So like it was really cool. That was a, that was a cool side of like professional sports to see because like yeah. it's not all freaking professional and stuff like that. Like yeah. we're out there, we're playing a game. Like we're having fun. Yeah. You no, know, you're like grown men having. And it's fun an emotional ass game. So that that is kind of a more fun perspective than the NFL of 
all professional political correctness type shit trying to kind of hide the emotion basically mm-hmm. from the game because yeah you're fucking hyped up out there you're literally smashing into each other full sprint yeah exactly. time after time after time after time again like you're probably going to be in a different headspace. Exactly. <laughs> and and it's just like the, the side that, I mean, you can vouch for this, like football and the brotherhood and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's the shit that matters. And that's the cool shit, you know. That's the stuff that fans don't see. You know, people just watching the sport. You don't know how those guys interact on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. You don't know how much time they spend together, how mm-hmm. much, what they sacrifice to get to that point. You know, especially professional. Exactly. Even in high school, yeah, it's definitely a thing. But I would imagine it's even multiplied in college, and then even multiplied in in any professional league. Yeah, like these are some these are like grown ass men um, taking time away from their families to go play a game. You know, like especially the XFL. Yeah, exactly. Because you're not all those guys. Obviously, probably want to be in the NFL, Mm -hmm. and it's like a lot of them. Maybe they feel it their last chance, or they're so close. And they know that, like, they're sacrificing what probably a regular career, a normal nine to five, or like you're saying, leaving your family, going across the country, you moving to Seattle, mm-hmm. all that shit. I mean, I was, I was thankful because I mean, um, I'm only twenty. I was only mm-hmm. twenty three when I went in, so like, I didn't really have anything to lose. But like, you got people that are. I mean, my QB, BJ Daniels, he was thirty years old, thirty one years old. I mean, he didn't have, like, a family and kids. I mean, he's got family, but he didn't have, like, kids and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Evan Rodriguez, he's a tight end on my team. He had he had two kids, a wife, you know, and um, he brought them with, you know. He, he moved them across the country all the way from New Jersey all the way to, wow. to Seattle to play a game, you know, just to put that in perspective, you know, how much it means to us and how much it means to it's like uh, – guys like me trying to chase their dream try to go get things you know it's it's still relevant to them as 30 years 30 years old yeah so um i don't know it's just something to put in perspective when you think about football players and stuff yeah. just it's not always just kind of x's and o's you know like easy life you know you sacrifice a lot for everything mm-hmm. and you really saw it you know with the xfl yeah i, I feel like anything you do this football is physical. Obviously, everyone knows that. If you haven't played it, you don't know how much. But even guys who are healthy aren't healthy. Like, you're beating the shit out of your body. If you're playing, that doesn't mean you're not hurting. But you're literally sacrificing, obviously, time, everything in that. that everything that comes with that. But you're sacrificing your health. And, again, it has, you have to be in this mental state especially at that level where you're competing in a professional league, like you have to go hard every fucking play. Yeah. You're fighting for a job. Exactly. And I think anything, anything in life doesn't have to just be football. Like that's that difficult. If you're doing it in a group, like that group of people is probably going to get really close. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. And yeah, like I said, you're fighting for a job. You're fighting every snap, you know, you're fighting for way more than, um, you know, when you're in college and stuff, you're you're just going to school. Mm. But, like, you're fighting for your family. Your family's on your back. You know, you got that la- name on your back. That's what everybody you're fighting for. And that's what's kind of – that's what your story is. You know, you carry that with your name. And, uh, and yeah, every snap is, is a battle. And um, it's something that you got to kind of think about when you're, when you're playing professional because um, everything's changing. You're a grown man. You're playing with grown men. You know, people – this is their job and – they don't want you to take this away from them, you know. 
And every time they mess up, it looks bad on them. Mm. And that, that jeopardizes everything their name is on, you know? So, yeah, it's just like kind of you put it in perspective like that and you see like how deep it really is. And you see like how much these guys are fighting and how much, you know, it means to them and how much they kind of put into this game. And uh, it's trying, we're trying to make livings out of it. And um, we're trying to change their lives and ultimately get to that goal of playing in the NFL, you know, making millions of dollars mm-hmm. and living the good life, you know, mm-hmm. and playing, playing, uh, playing the sport you grew up um, playing and doing it for a living and making money doing it, you Hopefully know. Hopefully love it. Did you – this just came to my head right now, I guess. Did you encounter, like, was it clear guys on your team who didn't – we're good enough to be at that level in the XFL who didn't love it. Um, they were just, yes they were just no. good enough to be there, which is clearly really good. But yes and no, you see those guys who is kind of like, um, uh, it's something that I feel like they're forced to do. I don't know. It's, it's it's weird because everybody's usually pretty passionate about the game if you're playing professionally. If you're not, then um you can tell mm-hmm. the way you play mm-hmm. and stuff and but yeah, there's some guys who kinda take their talent for jeopardy, if that's what you're trying to say. And like they have so much potential and have so much talent and they have so much God gifted ability that um their attitude and stuff towards the game should I mean, it's kinda disgusting because like they're kinda just throwing all that away. Yeah. Um. And you see that, and you see that at all levels, though. You see that yeah, at professional yeah. levels. You see that college levels. Mm-hmm. You see that in high school levels. You see people kind of throw it away. But um. Um. But yeah. But mostly everybody kind of loves it. And you you born if you're playing it for this long, then it's in your blood. Mm-hmm. You know, you lo- you you gotta love this thing, or else you're you're gonna be at home working a nine to five. Yeah. And are you talking more? Are you talking more on the field? Or kind of off the field, uh, or both, I guess. Both activities. I mean, some, some people would be on the field. Some people would be off the field. Some people, it's just like both. You know, yeah. they just don't really take it seriously. Yeah. And most, mostly, those guys they won't last long. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of they're not born to play this this game. You know, if you're not passionate about it, you you can see it. And you're not you're not gonna make it that far in this in this business. So yeah, yeah, you see it, and it's sad to see, but um. Yeah, they get weeded out eventually. Yeah. How many guys did you start with? Like in training camp? The roster oh, size. Yeah. I don't like were they big question. cuts? Yeah, we we had a lot of cuts. It was like a twenty five percent of people probably wow. came in. So you probably came in with like what do you know what the final roster number was? Final roster was fifty two, fifty three. It's like it was it was like the same. The same. Yeah, it was like the same. It was like it was like re- weird rules when it came to practice squad players and stuff like that but active it was like um it might have been like 48 to 48. be honest something like that it was it might the it it's a small differential from the nfl but yeah a lot of people got cut a lot of good players got cut mm. during during like those final cuts in the xfl but um yeah a lot of good players man yeah but like I don't know. It, it's something that you can't control. You can only control the the thing that you do. And and when it came to me and my skill set, um, I, I contributed. I showed that I can contribute enough to the team where they could keep me, and I was a valuable asset. Mm. And uh, I think I proved that. I, I mean, clearly, I didn't. I didn't um, get the opportunities I wanted at, at wide receiver, but it didn't matter. You know, like I said, you can control 
do what you can control and that was mm-hmm. kick return for me mm-hmm. and that new rule and everything it, it was pretty cool i took advantage of it it's yeah i put it in my tool belt and just kind of ran with it and yeah. it worked out well for me so we got uh you're the highest return average in the league right yeah i led the league in return yards yeah. we got the highest kick return best kick return in the xfl here come on <laughs> Come on, NFL. What the <laughs> fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> Man, yeah. Give it an opportunity. Come on. Under the, aren't the Vikings? Control. I haven't been watching the Vikings a lot because I don't get them on TV out in LA, but I've heard that people are not happy with their returners. No. I was just... Yeah. <laughs> Kiki could tell you, man, I'm sitting here watching Monday Night Football, watching all the games on Sunday, and I'm just saying, man. Give me a shot. How is that? I mean, just like... If he can do it, I can do it. Oh, you yeah. know, there's, there's always aspects like that, but 100%. This thing is, like I said, I keep saying, like, there's things that are out of your control and um, opportunities. You need to take advantage of every opportunity. And yeah. I mean, I'm not done playing football, so I'm not going to say I'm not mm-hmm. going to get there, but um, yeah, so you're still 2021 or 22 when XFL slated to come back? Yeah, they're supposed to come back. The Rock is supposed to return 2022. Um, Hopefully I get a shot. I th- yeah. I'm assuming that they're gonna do this tryout thing like they did on 2019. They did. That's when I like drove to LA mm-hmm. and stuff, and I had a tryout at Long Beach. Was the whole league there? No. So they held like tryouts at every city. They had an LA team, mm-hmm. so I didn't even play on that LA team. Mm-hmm. But oh, the LA team is what you gave you that tryout. Yeah. So and like Seattle drafted you. Yeah. So like ah. I was drafted. I think like sixth round or something in the wide receivers or like fourth. I, I don't even know. But it was pretty high. For, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be that high, honestly. I mean, I'm grateful, totally grateful. But, I mean, that, that just – if – excuse me. If you're drafted like that, that means that people are looking at you and like teams are looking at you. And mostly if, if you're drafted high like that, a lot of your team – a lot of teams have interest. So, yeah. like somebody wants to grab you. So, yeah. um, that, that was a good sign for me, you know, just going into camp and going into a, a team and an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really promising to me because I mean, everything before that was kind of just like, oh man, I'm so close. Mm. Oh man, I'm so close. Yeah. And then this is just like, wow, like somebody believes in me, you know? And that's something where it's just like a little confidence boost that you believe that you just like, you love, you love to see. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, your mom ever tell you that story what? when I got drafted? What sto- what which story? It's like where I was and like uh-huh. so I was your mom I was uh para like you were yeah at uh Webster. Yeah. And I was in class with the elementary school or the the um kindergartners. Yeah. And I got a call from Coach Zorn or yeah, no, it was Coach Kirksey at the time, the wide receiver coach of Seattle. He's like, Hey man, how you doing? I'm like Hey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> I had to step out of the classroom yeah. and everything. I th- I'm pretty sure. Did I you le- know it was him? No. Uh, I mean, I knew the draft was that day. Obviously, I knew the draft was that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, d- I wasn't expecting anything because, like, all I really had was my college tape, and I had a little bit of Canadian tape under my belt, but not much. But I mean, I figured it was them. I didn't know which team it was. Yeah. I just picked it up. And uh, it, I mean, it says Seattle in the in the little in the area caller ID thing, yeah. yeah. And uh, my hey, how's he, how you doing? He's like, hey, it's Coach Kirksey here from Seattle Dragons. I'm like, hey, how you doing, man? He's like, you want to come play in Seattle? 
And I'm like, yeah, I want to come play in Seattle. He's like, yeah. All right, well, we just took you, so um, get your things packed. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I'll get your things packed, and we're going to get ready to work. And I was just like, thank God. I ran down to your mom's classroom and gave her a big hug and stuff. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It was a pretty special moment for me. That's dope. And, um, yeah, that's kind of how the XFL happened. That's so fucking sick. She pr- she probably told me that story, honestly. Probably around that time. Yeah, and then the, like those little elementary school or the kids, the kids, they like made um a big sign for me. Made that video that kind of went viral on, yeah, on Twitter or something. Was that in the gym? I wouldn't say viral. A couple people saw it, <laughs> <laughs> but I but like my team put it on their um, yeah. their page and stuff. So that's probably what I meant. But a lot like it was like them like saying congratulations. That's amazing and stuff. So they'd be really so cool. excited. Yeah, it was really cool. Really cool moment for yeah. me and my and my family, you know. Yeah, 100%. everybody that supported me so far. So, so for anyone who doesn't know, John is dating and with my my younger sister. So there's family ties here. And uh, oh yeah, I should have mentioned that earlier <laughs> in the video. <laughs> no, that's right. I'm sure shout most out people, Kirsten. Most people know. Yeah. Who? Well, probably fifty fifty. We'll see. Yes, guys. Kiki Oi is my girlfriend. Yeah. So she is my support. She is my everything. Oh, so that's sweet. She does. She supports me. She, she's supporting me so much, man. It's crazy. Kiki, you better you better listen this far. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You better listen this far and do it. I'm not going to tell you. And it's hard for her, and I know it is because I'm always traveling. I'm never really mm-hmm. s- stable, and she's just like always been there. I mean, through college and everything. Last year's of college. She used to drive up to her ND all the time. Mm-hmm. Spend time with me. She surprised me on my birthday. I came home after workouts and she was there. Like 7 a.m. Like, what the hell? <laughs> oh, morning workout? Yeah, morning <laughs> workout. Like, I had 6 a.m. workouts. And right after workouts, I got home. I was got to get ready for class. And Kiki's on the couch. Just chilling. Yeah, I drove five hours. Damn. Was so, she living in U- just, UMD at the time? Or was she living? Yeah, she she went to Duluth. She went to the, yeah. she was at Duluth at the time. And she... She'd drive five hours. She, so she had to wake up at like 5 a.m. and start driving. Because yeah. so she, she was there like right after. Workouts. Yeah, but ND, Seattle, when I lived in Tampa, when I was training, um, Canada. Yeah, you've been around. You've been bouncing around a lot, but. Yeah, but I got to talk about my story to these folks, right? Yeah, exactly. Talk about. I'm kind of jumping all over the place. One thing I wanted like, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) One thing I wanted to ask before um, you get into that is because you mentioned, you know, as a a professional, you you're wearing your name on your back, which I'm sure you were in in high school, like we did, and college and everything. But probably does feel more important on a national level. Did you feel that? Did you like did something happen, good or bad, that you know your mom was calling you? Because I know your mom. like oh people are talking about you i seen so and so saw you said something about you like back here in minnesota even though you're playing there yeah like the, are you talking about like the support G- yeah good or bad like saying saying you had a play like a good or positive positive or negative play mm-hmm. and you felt the pressure because you saw the reach of someone talking to your mom like a random person found out who your mom was or said something to her about you out in seattle you know what i'm saying Oh, like um, like saying representing for your family, how you play on the field is is like a reflection of you and your family. Yeah, yeah. Like, did um, you have an experience like that in Seattle, or in or at UND? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, um, people, they get to know you when you have your name on your back and when you're playing professional. Um, and, I mean, when it comes to players and, like, kind of playing with that, playing against people, mm-hmm. they study you, man. I mean, they want to know their opponent like the back of their hand. I mean, same same with me. I want to know my opponent, so I study them, you know. And sometimes they kind of, I mean, they'll dig into your social life and stuff like that. But mostly it's kind of just on the field stuff. The people who really dig into, like, my life and stuff – in college it was probably the worst you yeah. know professionalists not really like that um yes and no i mean you're, you're not really interacting with fans that closely when it's professionally because we got security mm-hmm. and everything and kind of like barriers that you can't push but i mean in college man people would know everything about my family and it just because i was a i was held to a high standard and i was like an all-american for three years so like people when I was a senior and I was a junior and a sophomore, the people knew who I was, you know, that was the guy on tape that's, that's making plays. So like, who is this dude? You know, let's look into his life. Let's start digging into his personal life and stuff. Try to get into my head, you know, cause are you talking about other players? Yeah. Other players, fans, you know, anybody, but, um, yeah, like talking shit on the field, about talking it. shit, yeah. you know, talking about, um, Anything they could find, yeah. you know, they talk, try to talk about your mom. Like some fan fans are the worst. Usually yeah. not players. Fans talk about your mom, your girlfriends. They talk about your friends. You yeah. know, like when we play NDSU, they knew everything about me. You know, and I mean they have a hell of a fan base out there. Mm-hmm. So it's like you really see how much they dig into it and how much they invest into their football program. You know, but um. But, yeah, when it came to my family and stuff, college was where, like, other people kind of knew it more. Yeah. Knew about my family more and, and like, um, digging into my personal life, if if that's what you're asking. But, yeah. But, yeah, just more more in college. And um, professionals, yeah, um, yes and no. Sometimes people yeah. will know, but, like, they know who I am. You're like, hey, I follow you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Hey, I follow you on Twitter. Um, but nothing really crazy. Nothing you know? crazy. Yeah, they're more professional about it. It gets dirty in college, though. Yeah, I could see that. Especially, especially fan bases. Not that professional fan bases aren't drinking, but mm-hmm. I would imagine if you're walking through a student section at a yeah. big college game, a lot of those kids are wild, hammered, and wild, and and just saying whatever the fuck they want, unfiltered. Yeah, saying what they want. But do you guys talk about that as a team? I'm sure, like your coaches. Do they ever mention that, or is it just kind of like this? understanding that you know just tune it out tune it out that's i mean that's all you can do and that's mm-hmm. something you got fans i mean coaches sometimes will play it but that's kind of like a common rule you got to know that's yeah. something that'll get into your head and mess with your game mm-hmm. and that's what they're trying to do at the end oh, of the yeah. day so i mean yeah if you're a good player you learn how to tune that shit out you don't respond to it you know don't 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 mess with it um and don't let it bother you because it just it'll just ruin your football play you know mm-hmm. so when it came to that kind of stuff Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. Ignore Weed it. Out. it. Yeah, ignore it. Yeah. White noise. White noise, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, so tell me, again, I've known you for a while, but I definitely don't know everything about you. Uh, so tell me how football kind of came into your life and just your whole life growing up in general and, and then how it, cause I'm, cl- I'm, I'm sure at some point you look back 
it sh sort of shifted into just being this thing you did and, and were good at to being, okay, I could actually like, go somewhere with this and make this thing important. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just, I guess, yeah. And any, anything about that, just kind of how, how you grew up and, and how your life kind of, at least now you can, couldn't look back and maybe see how it got focused into football and, and your experience with that. Where should I start? I'll, I'll go down to Pee Wee. I started, um, I mean, I started playing football in Brooklyn Park. That's where I live now. Um, Brooklyn Park, BPAA, I was in like third grade. Um, I always used to see my brother playing football and like, it was something that I knew I, I wanted to do, something that I loved, you know, um, just for like from the start, I see him playing and practicing and I always try to go out there and play with him. Mm -hmm. Like even when they're a team practice, I'm like, little kid little toddler running out there trying to play <laughs> remember my mom used to have to like pull me back and stuff yeah. but yeah i was eager to play at a young age and then when i started playing i think it was in like third grade um played in brooklyn park i remember my first team i still have my first jersey it was the brooklyn park lions for brooklyn park athletic association and um and yeah man i mean ever since then it's just kind of been something that I just, I can't even describe something that I'm kind of just totally in love with, passionate for, something that I was born to do, something that, um, I mean, God kind of instilled into my life and said, this is this is for you right now, you know? And, I mean, I still feel that to this day. But when I was in third grade, I mean, um, <clears throat> scoring my first touchdown, it's just like the biggest, biggest – accomplishment biggest goal um it's just like a a good a good just like reassurance for you um I don't know dude there's so many emotions that go into playing football that it's kind of just hard to pinpoint some but the biggest thing I can say for me is that I was just so passionate about it um from third grade to today and it's something that I fell in love with at, at a young age and every year it's just kind of been something that I'm trying to get better at, something that I'm trying to improve in my life, something that I'm trying to, you know, um, trying to, I don't know, trying to do because it was just so fun. And um, every year from there, it just kind of got better and better. Um, and then I played there in Brooklyn Park for about five years or something. Um, I, I Even when I moved out to, Saint, I lived in Andover, but I went to St. Francis. I'd still play football here in Brooklyn Park because I love my coach so much. Coach Eli, he kind of instilled with me at a young age that um, I'm good at this game. You know, he was somebody that was there for me that look, was kind of like a father figure for me because I didn't really have my dad growing up. My dad left me at a really young, young age. Um, so, like, Coach Eli, he was kind of that father figure in my life that said, this is you, like, this is for you, son. You know, and he, he invested so much time into me at such a young age that I'm like, man, this guy is so this, – this guy believes in me, you know. So, like I said, he's that father figure for me that's kind of molded me into the the player I am today, you know, to, 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 or taught me the morals and ethics of the game, taught me how to be a good person off the field. And, um, I mean, my mom did that. Um, my mom, of course, did that raising me. But, like, he was just another person that kind of mm -hmm. just helped teach me um, – and in a different aspect, you know, mm -hmm. like in football. So um, he was a guy that, I mean, 
he's like <laughs> he's like my dad to this day man talk. yeah yeah awesome and he, he's just like a good family friend to us and um has done so much for me not not only as a player but like as a person you know i remember like when my mom didn't even have my mom didn't have money to get me cleats coach eli would go to Played against sports and picked me up a pair of freaking wow. land sharks, you know? Mm-hmm. Just, like, get me something so I could keep playing for him. He saw the thing, like, how much I love the game and how much, how good I could be, you know? Yeah, he saw your potential for mm-hmm. real. And, um, yeah, and, and I mean, that guy, I owe, I, I owe so much gratitude to that man that I couldn't, I could never repay him because of things he taught me. But um, How old were you when you first started playing for him? I was in third grade, so what, like seven, seven or six, something like that. Somewhere around that, but yeah. He taught me the basics of the game and everything. Like I said, morals, ethics, how to be a good player, how to carry yourself off the field, how to carry yourself on the field, and how to be a better football player in general. So he taught me that, and I carried that on within my life um, and uh, to middle school, playing in St. Francis, and then um, high school. Um, but I, when I really started seeing that, like, this, it broke bit, big, big to me that, like, this is, like, something I could do for a long time and um, that I have abilities that people don't always get is in high school, about 11th, 11th grade, 12th grade even. It was late. It wasn't like all, everybody else where you kind of, you kind of, you know that you're the man in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I knew I was good, but I didn't know I was, like, the man, like, really, really good, you mm-hmm. know, until, like, senior year when um when I kind of broke off and I started doing things that never have been done at St. Francis and, um, like, breaking records and um, being nominated for Mr. Football and stuff like that and being the runner-up for Mr. Football as a senior. That's when I knew, like, this is something that I can do and this is something that I need to I need to really hone in, you know, and do something. I can change my family's life by doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. I can do something that nothing, that um, something monumental to my family. Yeah. And um, I ever since then I kind of just put my head down and grinded, you know. I mean, I used to do that, just kind of go through the motions and stuff throughout high school, like ninth grade, tenth grade, but like eleventh and twelfth grade, I was like, all right, I need to start grinding. I need to start. I can go to college, you know, because I'm the I was the first person to go to college in my family and graduate I mean my brother went to college and um my sister was in the military and then the other sister she had she had kids kind of young so she didn't have the opportunities to kind of do that she couldn't do it Mm -hmm. she's doing I mean she's going to school now Mm -hmm. but um yeah this is my opportunity you know I could I could do something that and my mom my mom's been working so hard for me my whole life to to get me to do these things like play football and stuff like that uh, this is a way that I can repay her you know and make it big and do something for my family name so um I put my head down and grinded and then thankfully got that scholarship to UND and then went there and then when I was a freshman man I almost quit football not gonna lie when, when I was a freshman in college because really? when you get to college you see like 
the nuts and bolts, you know. You see how hard it is, and you see the real grind, you know. It's not like high school. You're you're cutting out that percentage of people. What I don't even know, 1%, 3% of people go to college, play college. And, yeah, it's real small. Yeah, and, and then going to Division One school at that, even though it was FCS, it's still it's still something that, I mean, not, not a lot of people do. Small percentage of football players do. So um, it's real. Like you go there and they throw a they throw a fat book in front of you and say learn this and you need to learn this by tomorrow, you know you need to learn this 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 you need to know, learn know know this like the back of your hand because this is gonna be your life now you yeah. know the playbook yeah exactly and um just like and like how your life's gonna be when it comes to time management and school mm-hmm. and you're doing to show your schedule that. in there. Yeah, like so, workout schedule and practice schedule. Yeah, I'm went, I went. I came. I went there a little early, so I got. Um, I was just doing like the workouts at first, but I did. I had to take like two online classes, mm-hmm. but still, just that throwing every they're throwing everything at you at once, you know, and they're putting a lot of pressure on to see if you can, if you can handle it. Yeah, they do that on purpose, probably to weed out exactly. Yeah. See if you're gonna crack, and I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I almost cracked because I remember sitting in my room with my roommate Tanner and I was like man <laughs> I don't know if I could do this because at the time I was a wide receiver being uh brought in because I was small mm-hmm. um so I'm wearing the wide receiver playbook and that's way different from what I've been playing you know playing running back my whole life and then they uh they throw this wide receiver playbook in front of me and I'm like trying to learn this trying to learn this they see, you know, a couple of people get hurt in fall camp, and they're like, hey, John, you know, we know that you're a good running back. Here, learn this now. Learn the running back running back side of it. But you also got to know the wide receiver side. So they throw two playbooks at me in a matter of one week, and I'm still trying to learn the cadence, you know, of like ready, set, hut of college, you know, the like the, the basics, the fundamentals. And they're throwing all this detailed stuff at me and learn all this, learn all that. Man, I, I I was sitting in my room. It's hot, no AC, middle of middle of camp, and I'm just like, is this really for me? Like, is this really worth it? But man, my 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 boy Tanner talked me out of it. Said we get, we're in this together. You know, you you go in there as brothers. In that freshman class, you know, you look out for each other because yeah. those seniors and stuff they want to see you crack. They want to see the, those guys weed out. And like we're in this together. And, um, and yeah, man, I grinded through, learned both. Next thing you know, my running back coach goes, all right, you're starting versus Wyoming. You know, Josh Allen, he's playing on that team. And Damn, um, yeah, you were there at the same time. You played yeah, him. Josh Allen was playing. So Fuck. he's like, you're starting against a FBS team, you know. 40,000 fans in the in the middle of Laramie, Wyoming, highest elevated stadium in the country. So, I mean, elevation and your Wyoming? Ch- yeah, that's the Damn. highest elevated stadium in the country. You always hear about Denver. I, I didn't even know that about Wyoming. It well, college stadium, I think. It's like 